Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. We get back to football. Deion Sanders, Colorado, taking on USC this weekend. Lots of NFL. We take a pause from that for a moment. Got a massive fight coming up this weekend. It's Canelo Alvarez against Jermel Charlo, and a very cool thing happening on ppv.com. Live streaming action Saturday, September 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And what a treat. Hall of Fame broadcaster Jim Lampley is going to be a part of it, which is so cool. And Jim is good enough to join us right now. If you want to watch YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Jim, it's Maggie Gray and Andrew Perloff. Great to see you. Great to have you back on a big time fight. Well, thank you very much. I genuinely appreciate that compliment. Uh, It's been a terrific thrill already to be here for a couple of days in my former second home, the MGM Grand Hotel in Las Vegas, <laughs> Yeah, walking the hallways, going into the media room, uh, reconnecting with people who, for the most part, I have not seen in four and a half, five years. Um, so uh, somewhat sentimental, uh, stimulating, exciting. I've been in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, teaching taught for five semesters in the communications department at UNC. I'm there amid the serenity of the uh, pines and uh, the the other trees, et cetera. So to come back to Vegas and to be uh, here amid the uh, bustling energy of this scene, getting ready for uh, a big fight, walked out onto the strip the other night just to go out and experience it. And I'm old enough to say with some credibility, it was like an acid trip uh, <laughs> back in this truly hallucinogenic environment. So uh, looking forward to Saturday night. It's like Hunter Thompson. It sounds yeah. like, yeah, that experience. Um, we'll get Aaron Rodgers yeah. on the line for you, Jim. <laughs> what, what did you miss the most in four and a half years? What, what part of calling these big fights uh, did you really miss? The fighters. Uh, the, the fighters as human beings. The fighters... Uh, as exemplars of their unique lives and their uniquely challenging uh, pursuit, uh, the level of emotional control and thought control it takes for fighters to do what they do and do it at uh, the highest possible level over the course of these uh, remarkably long and um, uh, challenging careers. Uh, So I've missed having the chance just to sit and talk with fighters and hear from them. Uh, This afternoon, I'm going to get 
a 10 minute period with Canelo and a 10 minute period with Jamel. And I'm uh, very excited uh, at the prospect of getting a chance to, to talk with both of them. PPV.com this Saturday, September 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's the live stream where Jim is going to be there co-hosting the viewer chat in real time. It's exclusively for the PPV.com viewers. It's so cool to be uh, providing that kind of commentary and to have Jim Lampley with boxing. It's like better than peanut butter and jelly. It just goes together. And, you know, Jim, you've been like the soundtrack of so many boxers' careers, and we could go through that. But there's so much more to your broadcasting career. You did the NFL. You did college football. You've done how many Olympic games? Like 12, 14, 14 14 Olympic games. Here's a question because Perloff and I talk so much football on this show. Do you ever wish that you stayed with football? No. Uh, If I, quote, stayed with football and uh, made that my exclusive focus, I wouldn't have gone to 14 Olympics and I wouldn't have called all the uh, prize fights that I called. And I'm not saying that I don't love football but um eventually organically uh through bizarre career circumstances i wound up as the blow-by-blow voice of abc sports boxing coverage somewhat as the inheritor to howard cosell in that role and then from there i ultimately migrated to hbo at a period when hbo was very clearly the broadcast pinnacle of the sport. And I say that not to get denigrate Showtime. They certainly came after us in a big and uh, exemplary way uh, as the years went by. But at the moment I went to HBO, it was the shrine of televised boxing. Yep. That was the best and most coveted chair uh, in that particular pursuit. And I got it. And, uh, and that was uh, really thrilling because if you go back to 1950 when I was six years old and my mother first sat me down in front of a television set to watch a sports event. That sports event was Sugar Ray Robinson versus Bobo Olson, their second fight for the middleweight championship of the world. So boxing was my birthplace uh, as a sports fan and boxing will be my final resting place. And that's uh, entirely logical. I mean, I don't think anyone would argue boxing is not exactly in the same place in the sports world as it was say 40 years ago, but what, what would you say is in your experience as a boxing fan, what was the height, the biggest moment where boxing, which fighter really took the national attention the most uh, ever since you saw that first fight with Sugar Ray Robinson? Sounds like you were hooked. What was sort of like the peak moment nationally for some people who might be too young to remember that? Well, of course, the bittersweet element of this is that it's it's about the fall of an icon rather than the uh, elevation of an icon. But the very first fight I ever called as a broadcaster was Mike Tyson versus Jesse Ferguson in upstate New York in 1987. I was assigned to boxing by a newly installed incoming president of ABC Sports whose first instinct about our division was, who is Jim Lampley and how do I get rid of him? And he was looking... <laughs> He was looking for a way to make me extremely uncomfortable and to get me to walk away from my contract. Of course, he didn't know that the first thing my mother had assigned me to see was uh, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson versus Bobo Olson. He didn't know that uh, Cassius Clay, ultimately Muhammad Ali, was my ultimate, most iconic, most emotional childhood hero. He knew none of that. You know, he, he just saw me as a guy that I uh, that he didn't want on his air. He didn't know that. The division had just signed a uh, look-see, get-to-know-you contract with a 19-year-old heavyweight from upstate New York who was about to become 
the biggest thing in the global media culture. So all those things came together kind of poetically for me. Uh, couldn't have drawn it up and, uh, and it happened. And, uh, and so, no, I, uh, I never said to myself, gee, I wish that I had focused on uh, football or I wish that I had uh, somehow gotten past Bob Coxus to be the primetime host at NBC instead of the daytime and late night hosts and things like that. Never said that. Boxing was my destiny and boxing was the right destiny and boxing moved my heart more than other sports. So I wound up in exactly the right place. And Jim Lampley is going to be part of PPV.com. They're live streaming all the action Saturday, September 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern. And that's where you can find Jim. I mean, you mentioned about Tyson. I said, Jim, you're the soundtrack for so many fighters' careers. I mean, Tyson, and we could go to Oscar De La Hoya and Lennox Lewis, and I could keep going on and on. I mean, these are boxers, and these were big personalities. What was the most surreal moment you've had broadcasting a fight the moment that didn't you know maybe didn't take you oh out of your element but a moment you're like i can't believe i'm watching this i'm narrating this for an audience of millions well if you're talking about surreal that of course would be the moment when a guy in a uh man-made helicopter type <laughs> contraption landed on the ring apron in las, las vegas behind caesar's palace the night of the second fight between riddick bow and uh, evander holyfield but if it's pure boxing related um surely you can guess that it was that moment in a an almost completely silent 34,000 person crowd in an arena in Tokyo Japan when Buster Douglas as a 42 to 1 betting underdog uh after a fight which he has controlled and dominated all the way throws the four punch combination that drops Mike Tyson on his back and uh, and brings an end to all of the mythification of Tyson. And I'm sitting at ringside with uh, Ray Leonard and Larry Merchant. Can remember it like I was like it was yesterday. And and as the count is reaching seven, eight, nine, ten, my thought is, what am I going to say? What you know? What what can I possibly say that won't damage uh, this amazing moment of drama? which has taken place, do I just remain silent and let it play out, or is there something to say? And at that time, I lived in Hollywood, so thank you for the opportunity to name drop. Uh, at that time, I was developing and building a great friendship with the most meaningful movie actor of my generation, Jack Nicholson. And not too terribly long before that, on a golf course, I had asked Jack, Jack, when you're getting ready to shoot the, ful the fulcrum scene, the moment that really changes the way people feel about the movie what is it you're trying to keep in your mind as a mantra for that and he said lamp ever since the first moment of acting school it's always been the same thought don't overact so tyson's there on the canvas i'm headed toward that moment i hear jack in my head don't overact mm. and therefore the call is mike tyson has been knocked out pretty much in that tone pretty much in that voice is still mine. Uh, and I, I, you know, you don't ever want to say something was perfect, but it was, it was perfect in its understatedness. And, uh, and it particularly in that arena where uh, 34,000 people were behaving as though it was the Ryder cup. Uh, I, I <laughs> needed to be something other than 
American sportscaster hysterical at that moment, and I achieved it. So I'm proud of that one. I'm proud of other calls as well, but you said surreal. Uh, that was a surreal scene mm. and a surreal outcome, and it happened. We're talking about history and legacy here. We're talking to Jim Lampley. Uh, tell us what's at stake for Canelo Alvarez and where, you know, when you think about his, I know he has more boxing ahead, you know, starting this weekend, but when you think about his legacy, what's distinctive about Canelo to you? Um, legacy is the right word because what's distinctive is the uh, effective, long-term, fight-to-fight, moment-to-moment management of his career. Fighters do that from the inside out. You know, they, we we all... Uh, have been brought up by boxing movies and boxing lore to believe that managers and trainers have enormous influence over the fighters. Uh, Tyson was purely the product of Customato. Ali was the product of Angelo Dundee, et cetera, et cetera. I don't believe that. It's, it's an extremely deeply personal insular sport. Canelo is where he is and where he was uh, as the result of decisions that Canelo has made all along the way for a very long career 59 wins two losses and two draws and by the way how's this for a coincidental perspective statistic going into this fight he's 59 two and two tramel charlo is uh, 35 one and one added up 94 three and three they have had 100 fight results between them Mm. they are 94 three and three so (laughs) Think of the consistency of that over a long period of time. Think of the day-to-day training devotion it takes to get to that. And and that's uh, what I'm focused on going into Saturday night is, who is Canelo now? And after everything he has invested in this and everything he's put into this, uh, he made a matchmaking mistake in fighting Dimitri Bivol. There was nobody in the Western world who was clamoring for Canelo Alvarez to fight Dimitri Bivol. He didn't have to do that. I don't know who talked him into it, whether it was him or somebody else. But you you fight somebody who's longer, taller, uh, fundamentally bigger, has an Olympic gold medal, has an immaculate professional career, has all the craft. Why do you do that? I'm not sure what it was that prompted him to do that. And from the first moment that they're in the ring together, you can see, oh, matchmaking mistake. Uh, he, He must have underestimated exactly what this is. So now... That knocks him out of the number one pound-for-pound perch. Did Canelo want to retire number one pound-for-pound? No question in Mm. my mind about that. Does he also want to retire as the number one greatest Mexican fighter of all time? No question in my Mm. mind. He's an extremely proud man. So now he has put a chink in that armor. He's kind of threatened those identities. And, And he needs to do whatever he can at this stage to begin to regain those identities before retirement arrives, because you know it's going to arrive, it's somewhere down the road. Jim, can't tell you how much we appreciate this. Thank you so much for the great stories, and we can't wait for this PPV.com. Very cool, live streaming all the action Saturday, September 30th, 8 p.m. Eastern. This is the big Canelo alvarez Jamel Charlo fight. The fact that Jim Lampley is a part of it is, uh, is great for us boxing fans. So thank you, Jim. Thank you to both of you. I really enjoyed this. Appreciate thank that. Thank you, Jim. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.